0: The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. Okay, so today we're going to analyze uh, two random algorithms we've seen in the last lecture. randomized medium, and randomized quicksort. But before I go into that, uh, so I'd like to make a correction in problem set two. I think you all get feedback from that. Uh, So it's the second problem where you're asked to combine B trees. You have two B trees, T1 and T2, each with some children. And we are giving you uh, another element, k. And we ask you to combine them. So uh, if they are the two trees are of the same height, uh, how do you do that? Does anyone want to share his or her answer? Go ahead. You put k in the middle of one and 2 Yeah. And then you can split. Yeah, exactly. So you put k here. And if this is too full, you split. So, uh, why do I have to do this? Can I simply just make K my new root and do this? So Go ahead. So and don't have to be valid, like, for no Yeah, exactly. So, for B3, the requirement on root is slightly different for, uh, from the requirements for the rest of the nodes. So, this may have too few children, it, it's not a valid uh, mm-hmm. node. It's not a valid internal node. But our solution actually made a mistake in the second part. Uh, In the second part, we're saying so t1 and t2, their height are uh, different by 1. Our solution says put k here and make a pointer. Exactly the same problem. Does everyone see that? This may not be a valid internal node. So what's the correct solution? You put k here and combine it with the last child of T1. And then you may have to split and split again. OK, everyone happy with that? OK, now today, we are going to look into randomization. Uh, Specifically, we have seen two algorithms in class. Uh, I'll just call them quick find. And quicksort. So, quick find is a slightly generalized version of medium finding. Uh, in the very first lecture and recitation, we have seen a non randomized version of quicksort. So, we divide them into groups of five. And we find the medium of each group, right? And then find the medium of the medium. Depending on whether you are smaller or larger, we drew a funny subproblem like this. Anyone remember that? And we analyze this runtime um, where a recursion is one plus some 7 over 10 or something like that. And we show its worst case o of it. So that's a smart algorithm. I'll give you that. But it's just complicated. And you have to. Uh, divide them into groups and do well several recursive course. And also, let me digress a little bit. Uh, there is a very interesting point regarding this worst case uh, worst case of an algorithm. Has anyone wondered why we use groups of five? Why not groups of three? Algorithm should work in the same way. If we take out this first row and this last row, we can still find the medium, which is just the second element in each group, and find the medium and median. We still have a subproblem lo- that looks like this. Exercise. And it turns out, uh, if we use groups of three, when we solve the recursion, it doesn't solve to O of N. It solves to something else. OK? Now, uh, end of digression. Let's get back to the randomized version. So how does the randomized version work? It's much simpler. We have an array. Uh, Let me call it find uh, in array A, which which, uh, is of size n. And we want to find the i-th largest or smallest element in it. So what we're going to do is that we'll pick a random element, x in this array. And then we'll put all the uh, smaller elements smaller elements on this side and all the larger elements on that side. <coughs> now, because uh, I'm picking the random one, so this x can be anywhere. If it is the kth smallest element, uh, from the left, then what do I do next? My goal is to find the if smallest element in this array A. Okay. If it's if i is less than k, then my element is on this side, right? So I should find, OK, let me define this to be the left array, this to be the right array. I should find the in the left array, what is its size? It's k minus 1. Make sense? This is k minus 1, and that is n minus k, plus one element in the middle. And So what's the last argument in that function call? It's i. So on the other hand, if i is greater than k, then I should go to my right half. Its problem size is n minus k. So what's the last argument? i. Agree? i minus k, right? OK. So of course, if i is equal to k, then we just return x. Now, obviously, uh, this algorithm's runtime depends on our luck, depends on this choice of k. If k is roughly in the middle, then we reduce the problem size by roughly half. However, if k is 0 or close to n, then we only reduce the problem size by a little bit. So it's it's impossible to give a definite runtime. Uh, so what we opt to do in, random, in randomized algorithm is that we analyze expected runtime. What does that mean? Uh, so we can write the recursion of this. is T of n equals, I have two subproblems. One of them is T of k minus 1. The other is T of n minus k. So which one should I put into the recursion? I don't know, right? But I don't know whether my element is on the left or on the right. So I'll be conservative and take a max of these two. Let me write it down a little bit. And I have some. Amount of work to do before I go to the, my subproblem. What's the yeah, what's the complexity of that of that work? Go ahead. It's O of N. Yeah, or theta N. Why is that? Well, because have to create the array. Yes, because we have to scan the array once to put the smaller elements on one side and the larger elements on the other side. Now, This recurrence is impossible to solve, because I don't know what k is. So instead, we'll just calculate its expectation. So the expectation of T of n is taking average over all the randomness. Uh, which means the choice of K. So there is a probability that my K is equal to J. If my K is equal to J, then I should take the maximum of, sorry, Right? If my k is equal to j, then I should um, take the expectation of the maximum between, uh, between those two. And according to the definition of ex- uh, expectation, I should do a sum from j equals 0. No, not 0. Uh, I'm starting with, with 1 all the way to n. Right? Any questions so far? Now obviously, uh, depending on my choice of j, sometimes this one is larger, sometimes that one is larger. I'll just write it uh, a little verbosely. So if my j is 1, then I should take the right one. Plus, if j, j is 2, then I should take n minus 2, so on and so forth. Right? I think everyone uh, gets this, right? So I just directly jump to the next step. So when J is smaller than half of n, I will take the right one. If J is larger than half of n, I will take the left one. And they happen to be a symmetric. Uh, uh, to, they happen to be symmetric. And what I have here is everyone guess that? Now mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'm missing the minus one here. OK, I shouldn't sum to there. Oh, sorry. Right, I have n minus 1, n minus 2, n minus 3, all the way to half of n. But from there, I no longer go down. Right, I go backwards, half of n plus 1 plus 2 plus 3, all the way back to uh, n minus 1. Any questions so far? I, we forgot our last term, which is a theta n. Now, how do we solve this? Any any thoughts? This is a recurrence on the expectation of t. So for this, general, this type of general recur, uh, recurrence, we don't have a, a very good way. Instead, what we'll do is just take a random guess and then see if, it, uh, if it's correct, OK? So I don't need to guess in this case, because I know it's all of n. So let's just uh, assume our expectation of Tn is theta of n. What does that mean again? It means I can find some constant such that uh, this expectation is bounded by a constant times n. So far so good? Now we can use induction assume that this holds for everything up to n minus 1. And we're going to show this uh, also holds for n. Then we're done, right? (coughs) Now we'll just plug that in. And the expectation of tn will be less or equal than this sum from half of n to n. Yeah, I just plug that in. Of course, plus a theta n term. Now, uh what's the sum of this guy? Any guesses? N square, n cube, or n? Okay, it's probably a little messy. Uh, more cleanly I can put this B out and it's just the sigma of j. Right? If I change my sum, uh, decrease the range of sum by 1. What is the sigma uh, sum of j? On what order first? n square, N squared. OK. Yeah, definitely n square uh we need to be a little bit more precise than that. So what's the coefficient before the n-square? So I claim its coefficient is 3 over 8. <coughs> Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Why, why did you assume that the expected time Oh, that's, a, that's just a guess. If it's wrong, we'll have to assume something else, which we will see in the next example. But good question. OK, uh, yeah, let me ask the question again. Uh, I claim this sum is roughly 3 over 8 uh, n squared. Can anyone see that? <coughs> Any ideas? So I don't know how to calculate this term, but I do know how to calculate sigma from one to n, right? This is easy, right? What's that? It's half of n and minus one, right? So it's roughly, it's roughly half of n squared. Now, my this this term is the sum of this minus the sum to half of n, right? So it's roughly so it's roughly half of n squared minus one half of one half n squared. Make sense? So this is roughly. 3 over 8 n squared plus uh, an order n term or less or constant. Any questions? Does that make sense? Yeah. Then it's very easy. If we just plug this in. OK. Mm. Sorry, there is a mistake. I just realized can Can <coughs> anyone point that out So how many terms do I have in total One for men well, I have one term right So each term should appear twice Yeah, so I should have a 2 here. And so I somehow just throw away this probability. But this probability is uh, 1 over n. Because right? I'm choosing a random element, there is 1 over n probability that it's equal to 1, equal to 2, 3, 4. Every one, every of those, every of this is 1 over n. So I should have a 2 over n here, a 2 over n here. And if we plug this in, it's 3 over 8 n cube plus a theta n. And our goal is to show this is less than b times n, which is clearly true, because this is 3 quarters of n. Three quarters of b times n plus another <coughs> term. We can we can say this is another constant d times n, and if we choose b accordingly, <coughs> this can hold. Any questions? Look confused or too easy? Okay, I guess it's the ladder. Oh, is it not? Okay. So then we have solved this uh, expected runtime of quick find. Now let's look at quick sort quick sort is very similar the only difference is that once i arrived uh, once i put all the smaller elements on one side and the larger elements on the other side uh, instead of going into one of them i have to sort both so the only change is that instead of taking the max here i need to add them So now, uh, same thing here. Instead of taking the max, I should add them up. Now when it propagates here, so every term appears twice, all the way from n equals 1 to uh, j equals 1 to j equals n. Is everyone following? Mm-hmm. Can you repeat that? OK, sure. Uh, originally, we have a max here. right? So yeah, first, uh, did everyone get this part? We have a plus instead of a max here. Like we, have, we have to solve both the problems. Now, if it is a max, then uh, what I have is n minus 1, n minus 2, all the way to half of n, and then half of n, half of n plus 1, all the way back to n minus 1, right? And if I have a sum then what I have is for, the, for j equals 1's case, I have t of 0 and t of n minus 1. Right? This is j equals 1. If j equals 2, I have t of 1 and t of n minus 2. Right? As j increases, this one goes from 0 to n, and this one goes from n minus 1 to 0. I'm going to sum all of them. Does that answer your question? Okay. So instead of from half of n to n, we are summing from 1 to n. Now, uh, we also have another good question here. (coughs) Why do I guess it's theta n? Well, it's just a random guess. It could be wrong. For example, in this case, it's just incorrect. Why? Because every sum becomes, uh, the range becomes 1 to n. Now what I have is no longer 3 over 8 of n. What do I have again? What do I have now if it's 1 over n? Yeah, it's 1 half of n. But if I change 1 half here, what I get is b times n plus d times n. I want to prove that it's smaller than b times n, which is clearly impossible, no matter how you choose b. Did everyone get that? If we make the same assumption, or make the hypothesis, and we plug the mean, we can no longer prove uh, the induction step. OK, so what do we do? We make another guess. So let me rewrite our recursion. What's the next guess? And guesses? Now let's just guess. Uh, how about we just guess n squared? OK. Anyone happy with that? Uh, unhappy with that guess? So we can do the same thing, we can plug it in, and that will be a hmm. sorry, I missed another term, right? This is a 1 over n, or well, 1 over 2 here. If we make that guess, then what we have is a sum from 1 to n minus 1, the sum of j square plus of theta n. And the sum of J square is roughly n cubed divided by 3. <clears throat> is, that, uh, is, is that obvious to everyone? <coughs> Maybe not. OK. Can, I, can anyone explain this to us? Why can I claim? The sum of square term is n cubed over 3. <coughs> Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you are correct. There is a formula which is yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it's roughly, roughly this, right? If you know this, then you definitely see that. If you don't, this we can, we can turn this sum into an integral, right? And that is n cube over three. Make sense? <coughs> Now, if we plug that in, what do we have? 2 over n, 3n cube plus theta n. Now, oh, of course, there is a b here. And we want to show this is less than b times n squared. Does it hold? Is it true? It's clearly true, right? So this is, hmm? no, this is Q. Yeah, sorry, I'm making many mistakes, but that's actually good to uh, catch your attention. But it actually worries me that you didn't point this out. This is 2 thirds n square times B. It's clearly less than B n square. OK. So we claim the algorithm is n squared. Correct? Go ahead. Does so that I mean that you can claim that it's less than n squared. That mean that it's n squared definitely. Exactly. So what I proved here is that the algorithm is definitely older n squared, but maybe less. right? And you can see, we still have a lot of room here. Right? This Inequality doesn't is not very tight. <clears throat> so uh, in fact <clears throat> it's a very good good question, how do we make that guess? So if this you already know the answer is n log n, right? So it's not interesting. But if you don't, then how do we go about and do things? We can we, we have to make these guesses. So how about we know if n doesn't hold and two is too much? Let's guess is n raised to 1 plus epsilon, (coughs) then what we will have? If we carry out the same integral argument, (coughs) we have 2 plus epsilon n raised to 2 plus epsilon over 2 plus epsilon, correct? And if we plug that in. We get this, <clears throat> and we want to show it's less than n raised to 1 plus epsilon. <clears throat> Does this hold? Okay, this term is less than 1, right? and that's n raised to 1 plus epsilon. So this is true. So we can easily prove it's indeed n raised to 1 plus epsilon, and for any epsilon. Questions? But is it tight? We still don't know. So then what do we do? We just make another guess. And let's guess t of n is in order n log n. OK, you definitely you may run into two, uh, two cases. You can either prove it or not. If, if this doesn't hold, you just go to log n square. And gradually, you will find the answer. Well, if you don't know the answer, probably this is how you do things. Now, if we guess uh, it's n log n, then I have a, a little harder equation here. because it's now J log J. <laughs> How do I compute that? Yeah, it's not a sum of natural number, or numbers, or uh, squares of numbers. So you cannot use uh, like formula like this. But we can still use the integral argument, right? I'm not going to do that, because uh, that's what you should have learned in calculus or other math class. <coughs> but it happens that uh, this integral of j log j is roughly half of uh, n squared log n minus some constants times log n. I think you can change this constant. But it's roughly smaller uh, than that. If you plug that in, you get. over 2 1 half times B sorry plus C the N and we want to we want it to be smaller than B times n log n Which will be true, right? Because you can, yeah. This is exactly that, and um, but we are minus some term, and the term we are uh, extracting is larger than the theta n term. Okay, so we can prove this algorithm is n log n. But you can ask the same question. How do I know it's n log n? Or oh, if I don't know it's n log n, maybe I should go about and try log log n. So you're welcome to try. And it's actually a very good thought, because yeah, I, I think it's very in- uninteresting if you are already know the answer. If you don't know, you have to try that. But when do you stop? At a reasonable point, you can also prove the other way, that this runtime is larger than something. Here, if you, we prove this uh, big O of n log n, if you can show the other way that it's omega n log n, then you know you have arrived at the final answer. Okay. That's the math part. Any questions about that? Yeah, any questions about everything I have said so far? Okay, if not, uh, so lastly, uh, just have a few comments on several terminology. Now this uh, recitation we uh, focused on expected runtime and uh, you have always you have already seen amortized the runtime. Uh, or you may have heard of average runtime. So to be honest, expected and amortized are just two fancier ways of saying average. But uh, in algorithm analysis, we do mean slightly different things uh, with these terms. So. The difference uh, is that we are averaging over different things. So if we say average runtime, we usually mean taking an average over input. Right. We can imagine a quick sort or quick find algorithm that doesn't use randomness, where you always select your first element as your pivot. That's a reasonable algorithm. If your input is random, then you can carry out the same argument and show that its complexity is o of n or o of n log n. But if your input is pre-sorted or reverse sorted in some special cases, you cannot do that. So average runtime is usually a very weak argument because you have to make assumptions about uh, your input. and expected runtime uh, is definitely better because we are taking average over the randomness we introduced. It's in, they are independent of the input. So we are not making any assumptions uh, on the input. So of course, this comes at a price. This randomness doesn't come for free. So in fact, it's very hard to generate high-quality random numbers. And maybe at the end of the class, you will see that in crypto, um, a lot of of works are just devoted to generate high-quality random numbers. If you can do that efficiently, you actually solve a lot of problems. So amortized runtime are slightly Again, different from these two, because they are taking average over the number of operations. It's, you're doing mo- uh, many, many operations in a row. And some of them takes longer. Some of them take uh, shorter. And you take average on those. OK. That's today's recitation. Any questions?